0: I know a big topic of conversation on today's show is going to be about the officiating. And be upset about that all you want. But honestly, my takeaway is Bryce Young looked like the real deal today. And that is something to be happy about this holiday season. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina
1: Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Julian Council, Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. As we are live right now on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel as I am following every Carolina Panthers game. And anytime there's some big breaking news and also be sure to follow me Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where on Wednesday of this week and then next week I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions then once the regular season is over we'll transition back to the off season weekly Friday mailbag either way follow me on Twitter at Julian Council then at me or DM me over on Twitter to get your questions in for this week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Game Time download the Game Time app create an account and use code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. The Carolina Panthers, 30. The Green Bay Packers, 33. Or I'm sure some of you are saying, actually, it's the Panthers, 30. The Packers and the Refs, 33. There were plenty of controversial calls. In this game today, and we're going to get to him to start off the show, that's not my main takeaway. My main takeaway is what Bryce Young was able to do today, looking like the number one pick, finally showing that, oh my god, this dude might be the real deal. But I cannot ignore what hadn't happened at the end of the game. That needs to be the first topic of discussion, even though for me, personally... And anyone who's listening to the show knows I just don't like to sit here and complain about the officiating. The Panthers do plenty of things, and every team does plenty of things throughout a 60-minute game to where they could have won the game and not had things in the officiating's hands. But you cannot ignore the calls at the end of the game that I necessarily did not agree with to end this game. The Panthers 33-30 loss at home on Christmas Eve against the Green Bay Packers, as the Panthers are now 2-14 on the season, heading to Jacksonville next week, then hosting the Buccaneers in two weeks' time in their season finale at Bank of America Stadium. So let's go ahead. Let's start off with the controversial calls in this game. Number one, the catch... The catch, put that in quotes, um, from Romeo Dobbs at the end of that game after the Panthers had gone down the field, scored a touchdown, converted a two-point conversion. The game's tied at 30. The defense just needs one stop, just the stop, and they're off the field once again. And I think Carolina gets the ball back, goes down the field, and wins it. But instead, Romeo Dobbs, down to the sideline, catches the ball according to the referees, but then you see once he rolls over – He doesn't have the football anymore. Bryce Young is right there on the Panthers' sideline. And this happened on the Panthers' sideline. Right on the Panthers' sideline, Bryce Young is looking at the ball, pointing, saying, that is not a catch. The entirety of the Panthers' sideline is saying, that is not a catch. But the officials rule it on the field as a catch, which is important. Because when they rule it on the field as a catch, they have to, really without a shadow of a doubt, have to have ir- ir- iris- wait, uh, indisputable evidence to reverse it. So once they rule it a catch on the field, it has to be clear as day that it was not a catch. And to me, when reviewing it, it was not a catch. I just don't see how you can rule that as a catch for Romeo Dobbs when he completes the catch and does not have the football and he's laying out of bounds. He did not catch the football. The only way I can see that the reps saw that and the replay review saw it as a catch is once he went down, yes, he was tackled, touched by a Panthers player, looked like he had control of the ball then, but once the catch process was over, he didn't have the ball. So according to them, the play was dead once he had control and he's down on the ground before he rolled down. Maybe that's the right call, but to me, it looked like an incompletion. And I'm sure if you're a Packers fan watching that, you're saying, oh, because you're a Panthers fan, that's why you believe it. To me, man, that clearly did not look like a catch, and it should have been overturned. Now, it leads me to believe, had the ruling on the field been an incompletion, they would overturned the call. But because it was a rule to catch on the field, the refs did not appear to see enough in their eyes to reverse that. And say that it was incomplete. So the Carolina Panthers, of course, skip them a field goal. And that looked like it would be the game. But Bryce Young connected with DJ Chark. An outstanding catch. Then hits Adam Thielen. The Panthers are running down the field. Seven seconds left on the clock when Adam Thielen had completed the pass. They're running down, trying to spike the ball. They spike it. But they rule that there's no time left on the field. Now this one to me... Is not controversial at all. I pulled it back up on my phone. I don't think I can show you this, technically. But I'll do it. You look right there. Let it zoom in. Bryce Young has the ball. There's zero seconds. They didn't get it off in time. So, there's no controversy on that final play. He didn't spike it in enough time. It was a great throw to Adam Thielen. Unfortunate if they just had one second left. How could they have had one second left in that game, though? And this is the thing that always frustrates the hell out of me. After that penalty... It's the two minute warning coming up. There's 2.11 left on the clock, not after the penalty, but after they rule to catch Romeo Dobbs. There's 2.11 left on the clock. The Packers run a single play, and the Panthers had an opportunity with 2.06 or 2.05 to call timeout before the two minute warning. We've seen, typically, plays take about five or six seconds. The Panthers could have called timeout, but for whatever reason, Chris Tabor didn't call timeout. I will never understand why coaches would rather watch six, seven seconds run off the clock to the two-minute warning than use a timeout. Six or seven seconds that they could have used at the end of this game. So, They didn't get it off in time, but they would have had five or six more seconds had they just called timeout instead of letting the clock roll down to the two-minute warning. I'm not trying to sit here and just blame Chris Tabor because I hate the call on the field with that being a catch and then reviewing it and saying it was a catch for Dobbs because it was not. But you don't help yourself if you don't manage the clock properly. And I feel like that was clock mismanagement. We see it every single week. It drives me absolutely insane why they let valuable seconds go off the clock instead of just calling timeout. I, I don't understand it. So I look back at it, clear as day. Didn't get it off. That is the right call. But the Dobbs call, that's horse. That's horse crap to me, man. That's not. It's not a catch. If it's not rule to catch on the field, I don't think that they say that. Then it's a catch after review because it was a ruling on the field. That's why it stood, in my opinion. I guess they said because he was already de- He was on his back, had control, and they felt like he was down then. But then he rolled over, didn't have the ball. I don't know. But that's, uh, that's a tough way to lose this game. I thought the Panthers offensively were outstanding. Bryce Young, oh my goodness, looked, looked like the real deal. But of course, for a lot of people, their takeaway is going to be that the Panthers were robbed. And in my opinion, yeah, it was it's, it's tough. It's tough to see it. And it's not just those two calls because the Dobbs catch was not a catch. The, the spike was clearly... Not off in time. They should add more time. Had Chris Taylor just called a timeout instead of watching precious uh, seconds go off the clock, uh going into the two minute warning. But also the rough and the passer calls in this game were just so inconsistent. Earlier in the game, it's a fourth and one from the Packers. For it was a third and one from the Packers. Fourth and uh, forty seven. The Packers threw an incomplete pass. Eustorgio Matos gets flagged for a rough in the passer. It hits Jordan Love in the chest, and it's not really even that late. I don't understand how that was passing or a rough in the passer at all. It would have been fourth and one from the Packers 47. They'd probably go for it and maybe they convert, or the Panthers get a stop. It's a massive change in momentum. But instead, because they ruled it a rough in the passer, the Packers do nothing the rest of that drive, but then end up with a field goal. There, right there, is another point you can look at, the officials impacting the game, and that leading directly to three points. And then later on in the game, they initially throw a rough in the passer on Lucas Van Ness of the Packers, who appeared to put his weight on Bryce Young, but then they pick it up. Then a couple of plays later... They actually throw a rough-in-the-passer on Isaiah McDuffie for putting his body weight on Bryce Young, And that one looked far more egregious than the Van Ness call, but the Van Ness call, to me, that looked like rough-in-the-passer based off of you can't put any weight on a quarterback, apparently, when you tackle him. So the one on Gross that was a crap call. The one on Van Ness should not have been picked up, and the one on McDuffie was, was actually a right call. But the Dobbs, non-reversal, don't agree with that. The spike... They didn't get it off in time. But you got to call timeout. you got to be better at managing the clock. There was another call, too, in this game. The Panthers ended up scoring a touchdown. But just showing how the officials, in part, really didn't have that much control in this game. Amir Smith-Marset... Gets a first down on a reverse. It looks like also when he's going out of the bounds that he's probably grabbing the Packers player's face mask. They don't call that as a penalty. Then Quay Walker from the Packers hits him late out of bounds. That's not a penalty. But what is a penalty is Cade Mays just giving a little shove to a Packers player after the play. So I just don't understand how... Smith-Marset, who's clearly holding a face mask, that's not a face mask on him. Then Quay Walker hits him clearly out of bounds, that's not a penalty. But once these guys are kind of pushing each other after the play, having a little bit of some roughhousing, that's a penalty. So just inconsistency from the officiating crew all day long. I don't think that they did a great job, obviously. I don't sit here and blame them for the Carolina Panthers losing this game. But you can point to several situations where if that call goes the other way, the Carolina Panthers win this game. But also so as a coach, you got to do a better job managing the clock. You cannot let five or six seconds go off the clock when you are about to go into the two-minute warning, knowing that every second matters. And that was a clear example of it today. Chris Tabor calls timeout, and the Panthers would only give him that field goal, we got the first downs, get down there in field goal range, would have been able to spike it, have three, four seconds left. Instead, the game is over. But the officiating, yeah, it wasn't great. You can complain about that all you want. I think that's absolutely fair. The calls were pretty bad in this game today, but that's not the storyline. What really matters today is that Bryce Young looked like the real deal. Bryce Young, for the first time in his Panthers career, went out there and showed why the Carolina Panthers gave all that up to get him at number one overall. We'll talk about Bryce Young's day here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no, no better time to get in on the action than right now. Got the NBA on Christmas Day. Got some more NFL games going on. We're very close to the NFL playoffs. Right around the corner is the college football playoffs. So much going on right now in sports. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Out. So the Carolina Panthers lose in controversial fashion to the Packers, 33-30 to 30 at home on Sunday afternoon at Bank of America Stadium, and clearly the officiating, that is a storyline, something that you cannot ignore, which is why I started off the show talking about it. Normally, for me, don't really want to talk about officiating, okay? They make mistakes, they're human, uh, but I don't really feel like that is what causes teams the game, but looking at today, the Dobbs catch again in quotes that directly led to three points of the Packers now the Panthers defensively maybe up the field there but still the amount of time that was remaining for Carolina after that that is directly a result of well, a little bit poor clock management by the coach but also them ruling that a catch uh, to Romeo Dobbs and then some of the refs in the passer calls, especially the one in the first half of Gros Matos, that extended the Packers' drive. Maybe the Packers convert on fourth and one, and they end up with a field goal. That six points right there that you can kind of point to. Some calls that didn't go Carolina's way that ended up directly impacting the result of this game. But the Carolina Panthers and their fans heading into Christmas Day on Monday should be fired up about what they saw from Bryce Young on Sunday against the Packers. We talked about after last week, what I wanted to see. What I think a lot of people wanted to see was Bryce Young show that growth, be able to put two games back-to-back together where he was solid, and he did that. You go back to the win against Houston. You had the long, drawn-out drive to win the game, expire the clock, and then the next week against Indianapolis, he throws two pick-sixes. So when you think he's taking that step that he's arrived – he took a couple steps back and then really struggled the next couple weeks before they fired Frank Reich. But now, after last week, completing 75% of his passes in a driving rainstorm, leading yet another game-winning drive, something that we did not see from Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield or P.J. Walker or Teddy Bridgewater of the last couple seasons, Bryce Young was able to come into today's game. And it was a little shaky to start off, and I think a lot of that was just not feeling comfortable at first in the pocket, not getting some great protection. But once he started to feel comfortable, like we saw last week, Bryce Young was cooking. And I had a listener ask me in the mailbag earlier this week, could this be the breakout game for Bryce Young? I wasn't quite sure, knowing that the Packers had a pretty solid pass rush and having seen the majority of the season how the Panthers have really struggled to protect Bryce Young. But that listener, he nailed it. This was the breakout performance from Bryce Young on the afternoon, 23 of 35 passing, 312 yards, two touchdowns, a career best 113 passer rating in the second half. Bryce Young was 16 of 20 for 179 yards, two touchdowns, and a couple of those throws too, man, were big time throws. Like the touchdown, the first one to DJ Chark on that slant route was on the money. Just the anticipation was fantastic. Had a later now the third down throw to TJ Chark on on DJ Chark on the next drive. That was great. The second touchdown running on the move to his right and putting it right there on him. And Chark has done a great job the last two weeks with some of that toe drag swag that Nate Burleson used to talk about, man. That was outstanding. Some of the catches that he made, even the corner route that he caught on that final drive that almost put him in position to get that final field goal that could have tied the game. Chark, man, where has this been all season long? Six receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. His uh, fourth career multi-touchdown reception game for DJ Shark. We saw him have a big game when Andy Dalton was starting week three at Seattle. Adam Thielen also had a big game, six receptions, 94 yards. Unfortunately, they just could not get down there in time to spike the ball after what could have been the catch that would have set up the game-tying field goal. But Shark, Thielen, Bryce, this is what a lot of people hoped that we would have seen much earlier in the season and unfortunately it's coming here in week 17 or 16 rather the team is 2 and 14 and I look at the result of today's game I mean 2 and 13 2 and 13 right I keep they've lost so many games uh 2 and 13 with two more weeks left to play like the result of the game to me is immaterial what matters is that Bryce Young look like the real deal yes you would like to win and it sucked to watch the press conference before coming up here and see, Chris Tabor was mad as hell. Didn't really give any answers. Uh, he felt like that they got the ball off in time with the, uh, the spike. He will look at the tape, and he'll quickly see that that was not even close to being the case. Um, and then the rough in the passer – not even the rough in the passer, rather, but the, uh, maybe he'll look back at that. Uh, but the, the Dobbs catch, he'll look back, and he'll probably still feel the same way. But he was uh, pretty fired up, charged up after that game. But he said, we've known that Bryce Young is a good player. And you got to see that today. You you got to see why the Panthers traded up from 9-1 to and they chose Bryce Young. Unfortunately, we have not seen this level of consistency from him. But my hope was in the final four weeks of the season, that Bryce Young could be able to build some momentum heading into the offseason. And looking at last week, the game-winning drive, how he looked comfortable in the pocket, completing 75% of his passes, then today... Great throws for a career-high 312 yards, two touchdowns, has connections with both his top targets in DJ Chark and with Adam Thielen. And Tommy Trimble, by the way, he had a career day as well. Hold on, let me pull up the stats because I didn't write this one down. But he had a career-high like 50 yards already in the first half of this game. But Trimble's now starting to look like somebody – as far as, like, building blocks go, the Panthers could build around uh, heading into the future. Now only one year left on his deal as a rookie, uh, his rookie contract. But Trimble went out there, had four receptions, 59 yards. Both of those totals are career totals for him. Just a great passing day for the team. And offensively, the first time that this looked like a functional offense, 26 first downs. Uh, 14 of those came on passing plays, three, uh, six, t- 6 of 13, rather, on third down, uh, 394 yards, that was 6.4 yards per play. That's got to be a season high. Um, and then sack adjusted. It was only 298 yards passing, with 312 from Bryce Young. Did not run the ball effectively. 25 carries, 96 yards, 3.8 yards per carry after. <clears throat> that's what they really had leaned on the last couple weeks. Uh, Fox put this stat out there that the Panthers. Let's see where it is. Uh, let's see. Let's kind of look at my stats here. All real time. Oh, uh, where's it at? I can't find it. But the Panthers had been really relying, relying on the run the last couple weeks. Oh yeah, first eleven games, Panthers ran about ball 37 percent of the time, 93 yards per game, 3.8 yards per rush. Last three games heading into today, they had ran about ball 52 percent of the time, 155 yards per game, 4.3 yards per rush. So they basically got back to the first eleven game number uh, with only 96 yards rushing today. And then the 3.8 yards per rush, which was their average in those first 11 games. But for Bryce Young to really be the dynamic driving force in the offense today, especially the passing game, that is encouraging. That is what people wanted to see. And I understand hating the fact the Panthers couldn't win this game and hating some of those calls. But I, I'm putting that aside and I'm just looking at the positive. And the positive is that the Panthers look like they have a quarterback that could be the real deal. Now, he's got to do that again next week at Jacksonville and do it again next week, uh, the week after that against Tampa. Then have the offseason grow, get stronger, understand whatever offense is going to come in and be able to link up if his target's better and then do it all next season and then the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that. Like that's what you want to see from Bryce Young moving forward. What we saw on Sunday today against the Packers in that losing effort. And Bryce Young didn't lose this game. Chark didn't lose this game. Adam didn't lose the same game. The offense did not lose this game. They went out there and they did everything that you could have hoped. And they needed them to do that because the defense has had to carry this unit the last couple weeks, and there's been efforts where the defense has played well enough to where a competent offense, like we saw today, could have won those games. And that's been the case plenty of times so far this season. But, man, I love what I saw from Bryce Young The anticipation with the throws, the accuracy, the playmaking ability, off script. like That is all the things that we talked about throughout April, pre-draft, about why I thought Bryce Young was the best quarterback in the draft and why the Carolina Panthers ended up wanting Bryce Young. And that's what we hoped to have seen earlier this season. We didn't see it, but we're seeing it now. And this is not something where Bryce Young had to be immediately great. Now, had he been great, then Frank Reich's obviously here. But this coaching staff did not do a good enough job. And credit to Thomas Brown. Whatever he's, whatever he's for what he's been able to do uh, the last couple of weeks with Bryce Young, especially today, because he always believed in Bryce Young. But this is still a three-year proposition. And the only thing that mattered this year, once the Panthers decided that Bryce Young was going to be their starter, that there was not going to be a bridge quarterback with Andy Dalton for the first couple weeks, that it was always going to be Bryce, was his development. And for the first 13, 14 weeks of the season, it wasn't there. But the last two weeks, we're starting to see the quarterback that everyone hoped the Carolina Panthers were drafting there back in April, and a quarterback that hopefully we'll see moving forward here in Carolina. So Bryce Young, outstanding day from him. The officiating calls, don't love him. Uh, Of course, they played an impact in the game, but the only thing that matters, especially for a 2-13 team, is that their quarterback looked like the real deal today. Now, defensively, wasn't the best outing for the Carolina Panthers. You want to blame the officials. You can kind of blame the defense a little bit. I don't really want to do that, but I want to put out a couple of numbers just looking back at this game and also looking at some of the other things that stood out to me in the Carolina Panthers. 33-30 loss to the Packers on Christmas Eve. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices, your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Only one home game remaining for the carolina panthers in a couple weeks against the buccaneers you guys can wait until that sunday to go out there and get your tickets with game time take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account use code LockedOnNFL nfl for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked nfl that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-f-l for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed The two headlines coming out of the Panthers' 33-30 to loss against the Packers will, of course, be the controversial officiating the officials for whatever reason deciding that Romeo Dobbs indeed caught the ball, even though very clearly did not have the ball at the end of the catch. Whatever happened to surviving the ground? Is that no longer a rule? We still don't know in this year, 2023, and heading into 2024, what a catch is in the NFL. That was not a catch, but the ruling on the field was that it was a catch. And after review, the ruling on the field stands. So had it been an incompletion, I don't think they're going to reverse that and call it a completion. So unfortunate for the Carolina Panthers. That set up the game-winning field goal for the Green Bay Packers. Then some rough in the passer call on Etor Gross in the first half led to a Packers field goal. Made the Packers uh, convert on fourth and one from their own 47 if they decide to go for it. I imagine Matt LaFleur would have gone for it. Maybe they get it. Maybe they don't. Those are two plays you look back on, just don't understand. Then at the end of the game, the Panthers didn't get the spike off. So there's just no controversy there. You look at it, you just click piles in your TV, and you're going to see that Bryce Young has the ball. Now, maybe, I don't even know if he's even snapped the ball, but if he, does, if he has, the ball's in his hands with zeros on the clock. Unfortunately, the Panthers lost. But hey, you know, if you have timeouts, there's 2.11 left before the two minute warning, your opponent runs a play, and there's two oh six, two oh five left. Maybe call timeout instead of letting it run down and then take off some valuable time on the clock that you could have used to spike the ball and then go down there and kick a game-tying field goal. So the officiating, not great. The clock management by Chris Tabor at the end of the game directly resulted in the Panthers not being able to get the spike off and then go down there and kick a field goal. That's unfortunate. But that all is immaterial to Bryce Young having the best day of his career so far as the Carolina Panther again. 23 of 35, 312 yards, two touchdowns, a 113 passer rating. DJ Chark and Adam Thielen both had six receptions for over 90 yards. Chark with two outstanding touchdown receptions, and he really has stepped up the last two weeks helping out his quarterback. Wish we would have seen this all year from DJ Chark, knowing that there's likely going to be a new general manager. Of course, there's going to be a new coaching staff. Hard to see him back here in Carolina. But if this is what we're going to see in the next couple weeks. Maybe there's a, a conversation to be had about DJ Chark coming back here uh, for the Panthers. But the season overall has shown the Carolina Panthers need a major upgrade there at wide receiver. But love what I saw from Bryce Young from the two top receivers and Chark and Thielen uh, on this Sunday afternoon in the Christmas Eve loss to the Packers. With the loss to the Packers, Panthers losing 33-30. to The Panthers still have not won a game when allowing 30 points since week 12 of the 2018 season versus the Giants. Uh, 33 points for the Packers was the most that they've scored since week one when they scored 38 against the Chicago Bears, who also are not very good. And I'm sure you're thinking, well, there's probably plenty of teams in the NFL that have given up 30 points and have not won games uh, when doing that. Yes, of course, but the Packers are a team today that just did that. They gave up 30 points and still found a way to win, but the Panthers have gone. I don't think they're going to probably – It looks like they're going to go the entirety of this season without um, winning a game when they allow 30 points. So Defensively, they didn't help the offense out when they have over the last couple weeks. I'm not really trying to put this game on the defense, but looking at that number, knowing that typically, well, what it's been is when the Panthers give up 17 points, they lose. But they have not won a game when allowing 30 points in 2018. Once the Packers had that 23-point First half, the Panthers were in trouble. The Packers had 19 first downs in the first half. The Panthers, coming to this game, had not allowed that many first downs in a game since week 11 versus the Cowboys at home. The Falcons had 12 last week. The Saints had 14 before that. The Bucs had 15. The Titans had 15. So the Panthers, defensively, as we knew, were playing just great football. Not getting a ton of takeaways. Got those last week in the win against the Falcons. But as far as yardage and giving up first downs – they were excellent. The Packers had 251 total yards in the first half. That was more than the Falcons had. They had 204 last week. The Saints had 207. So they gave up more. And by halftime, they had given up um, in the first two weeks to their opponents. Aaron Jones had his season high in rushing yards in the first quarter. 82 rushing yards. Also had eight receiving yards in the first quarter. Ended up rushing for 121 yards on the afternoon, of course, is a season high. And Packers um, had run for 117 yards in the first half. Now, that total did go... Was not nearly as matched in the second half. Fans did give up 162 yards total on the ground today. And when speaking to Peter Bukowski, uh, the host of Locked On Packers, earlier this week, he was asking me about uh, the Panthers being last in EPA. As far as stopping the run, EPA expected points added. The Panthers were ranked 32nd in the lead. Packers only 16th in rushing offensive EPA. And I had looked at the last couple weeks. Panthers been good against the run. Only gave up 52 yards rushing last week. 1.7 yards per carry. Didn't give up a ton of yards to the Saints. The Bucs, did go over 100 yards. But they held Derrick Henry in check with the Titans. They had started to play better. And going into the bye, they couldn't stop the run at all. But post-bye... After the Houston game, they looked better run defense-wise. But today, with the Packers not having Christian Watson or Jaden Reed, then losing Dontavian Wicks after he scored that touchdown right before the end of the half of a chest injury, the Panthers were not able to really bear down and stop the Packers' run game for the most part in this game, especially when in the first half the Packers got up on them. And that forced Panthers to throw the ball, but we saw today that Bryce Young, he was game, and so was DJ Chark, so was Adam Thielen, it's unfortunate the Panthers defense they've been good not trying to put this game on them just looking at observations from the game that's one thing that stood out to me that they just did not have their best performance but offensively the Panthers finally showed something and gave this team an opportunity uh, to win this game Eddie Pinero now made 31 straight field goals at home but I want to say he's missed three extra points at Bank of America Stadium this season missed two today it helps that the Packers also had missed an extra point but We take one of those extra points away that he missed. And we'll go back to when the Panthers had scored a touchdown. They're down, I want to say, was it 30 to 22. They're down 30 to 22. They just scored a touchdown and they have the two point conversion, which Bryce Young's able to convert. They call Ikea Kwanu for a holding call. And I'm thinking, okay, no big deal as long as Eddie makes a field goal and they can either tie it or go for the win later on. And it's the right thing to do in that situation before the penalty was to go for two. Cause what you want, want to do is win the game. You're not trying to go to overtime. You're trying to win the game in regulation and the Panthers had converted, but there was the hold. But once he missed that, not ideal, but had he not missed it, does Carolina then decide, hell we're two and 12. We have to, we have nothing to lose. Why not just go for it? And if we don't get it, try to get a stop plenty of time left on the clock. Potentially. If, The whole Dobbs thing doesn't happen, and then they get the ball back, maybe kick a field goal. I didn't have any problem with um, them going for two, and I didn't have a problem with them kicking an extra point. After the the holding call, just one of those situations where you don't miss an extra point, that gives you an opportunity potentially to have gone up instead of being down or being tied with the Green Bay Packers like they were in that situation. Um, Fourth down, we saw them not convert earlier in the game because Taylor Moten just missed a blocking assignment. Kingsley and Ibarre just went, ran free, hit Chuba Hubbard behind the line of scrimmage. People had been asking Thomas Brown, myself included, to run the ball on fourth and one, ran the ball on fourth and one. They didn't block it upright. And Bryce Young was also under center. Unfortunately, it did not work. And I saw some Panther fans on Twitter being like, oh, we this too small of a quarterback. We'll never be able to run a quarterback sneak. Um, not true, because the Carolina Panthers did run a quarterback sneak and actually had success on that play. So that's also something that stood out to me. Uh, Panthers red zone offense, three of three outstanding today. Red zone defense, only three of four. The Packers came in as a 22nd ranked red zone offense in the league. Panthers second worst red zone defense in the league. They've allowed a touchdown on 71% of their opponents trips to the red zone this season heading into today. So not ideal for the Carolina Panthers, but I like to see, um, I like what I saw from the offense. I Amir mean, Smith-Marset, still part of the run game. Not much of a receiver, but he's certainly somebody who can be a threat on offense. Good call by some fans out there that were calling for more of him. Uh, Josh not, – not Josh. Uh, what I was saying? Bryce Young looked great. Receiving core. Chark. Thielen. They look good. Just trying to empty out the notebook because I am not going to be speaking to you all on Tuesday because – Monday is Christmas. I'm not going to be recording a show on Monday. But I think that's all I have for you on today's show. So the Carolina Panthers unfortunately lose 33-30. to But the main takeaway I feel like from anybody should be that Bryce Young looked like the real deal. And he's starting to build some momentum heading into the final two weeks of the season and heading into the offseason. And that is absolutely a positive for the Carolina Panthers as they were hoping that they made the right decision. Still... Too early to say whether they got the decision right or wrong, but this absolutely points into the right direction of Bryce Young being the franchise here in Carolina. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hosted by yours, Julie. Julie and Council again, y'all. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We had 136 people right now live on this Locked on Panthers YouTube channel live stream. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Wednesday, then Wednesday of next week, two more times as regular season is going to conclude. I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Then we'll move over to a, our weekly Friday mailbag throughout the off season until we get back into the regular season. In 2024. So either at me or DM me. They get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. Hey everyone, have well, a Merry Christmas, and I'll speak to you on Wednesday.